Well, today I'm so excited to launch a new teaching series at our church called In the Beginning, where we're basically going to work through the first four chapters of Genesis, looking at how the world began and what went wrong. And one of the reasons why we're doing this is because I think in times of crisis, when we're scared or anxious, it's really easy for us to just get caught up in the present moment and kind of lose the forest for the trees. And I think it's so important for us to regularly zoom out and ask ourselves, what is the world supposed to look like? Because all we're seeing right now is everything it's not supposed to look like. Sickness, death, violence, racism, poverty, all wrapped up in this one pandemic. You know, as a parent, I can tell you that in the madness that is parenthood, particularly parenthood during quarantine, when you are sleep deprived and your kids are driving you crazy and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know how much longer I can take this. One of the things Carol and I like to do once in a while after we put the kids down is we love to take trips down memory lane. We love to pull up old photos and videos of the day our kids were born. Because in doing that, it kind of allows us to relive and remember what it was like to hold our kids in our arms for the first time. To kind of re-experience that deep, overwhelming sense of joy and gratitude we felt in that moment. And I think there's something about going back to the beginning that can be such a huge source of comfort for us in our moments of chaos. And so that's what we're going to do for the next few weeks. And today, we're going to be right here at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, we're just going to be looking at the first three verses. This is page 1, line 1. So if you have your Bibles, you want to turn with me there. should be pretty easy to find. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. This is the reading of God's Word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. Amen. You know, I have a rotating list of stories that I like to tell my kids before bed, and they all have similar structures but very different storylines. And one of the first questions my daughter always asks me when I start telling one of my stories is, Wait, Daddy, which story is this again? because she wants to prepare herself for what's coming. She wants to know who the major players are, what the plot line is, how scary it's gonna be. And I think there are moments when we read the Bible and there are moments in life when we kind of stop and ask ourselves, wait, what story are we in again? Because none of this is making any sense to me right now. And right here in the first three verses of Genesis, God gives us a very clear picture of the kind of story this is gonna be. Now, one quick side note, you know, this wasn't the only creation account that existed in the ancient Near East. You have many different origin stories and creation accounts, all with similar structures, but very different storylines. And one of the biggest differences between the Genesis account and that of other ancient Near East culture is that in the other ancient accounts, you basically have the beginning of the world as the result of a violent power struggle between cosmic forces where you literally have gods creating the world out of the dead carcasses of their enemies. I want you to think about this for a moment, okay? If this were the origin of the world, if this were our creation story, 
Then we would look out at the world that we live in right now, at the dog-eat-dog -dog world, where people step on each other to get ahead, where the strong prey on the weak, where violence runs rampant, and we wouldn't be allowed to complain about it. Because according to that story, this is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's always been. But you see that Genesis sets the stage for a very different kind of story. Notice how this story begins. In the beginning, God. The first four words of Genesis might be the most important four words in the entire Bible. In the beginning, God. There is no power struggle. There is no bloodshed. There is no war. In the beginning, there is only God. And throughout the Bible, there are so many times when you have the people of God grumbling or complaining and interrogating God, asking, why are you doing this to me? What's going on? I don't understand. What's the deal? And God always seems to respond with this savage answer. He, he always asks, were you there at the beginning? We see it in Job 38 when God responds to Job like this, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? And the thing is, he's right. We weren't there at the beginning. Only God was there. And it's as though God wanted to make it crystal clear from the first line of the Bible who the protagonist and hero of this story was going to be. Not us. Him. In the beginning, God. Ravi Zacharias, who's a famous Christian thinker, says, If you give me those four words, I can believe everything else in the Bible. Because even when I don't get why something is the way it is, or why my life looks the way it is, in the beginning, God. I wasn't there. I don't know what God knows. I don't see what God sees. And here's why that's important for us today. I think if there's anything that COVID-19 has taught us, it's that we're not in control of our own lives. All the things that we thought were once foolproof aren't looking so secure anymore. You know, at the beginning of the year, we had a church event where we asked everyone at the table to share kind of what they were looking forward to most in 2020. Well, we're in April right now, and I can guarantee you that none of those things have happened the way we thought. We don't know what tomorrow holds, but here's what we do know. In the beginning, God. Now, if I ended the sermon there, uh, it wouldn't be very comforting for us because you would be like, well, that's great. God was there at the beginning. I wasn't. But what does that, you know, what does that say uh, to what I'm going through right now? How is that possibly a comfort to me right now? Because all I see when I look out into the world is chaos. I see chaos out there. I see chaos in my home. I feel chaos in my soul. What do I do now? Well, if you look in verse 2, in the very next verse, we actually see that there was also chaos and darkness in the beginning. Notice what it says. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. No order, no structure, no light. Utter chaos. Now, quick side note. 
Uh, keep in mind that this is before sin entered the world. So we're not talking about a chaos that was evil. We're talking about kind of like a, a general amoral condition of disorder that existed before God began filling and forming his creation. Okay, But there's an interesting phrase that comes right after this where it says, And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that word hovering is a really interesting word choice there because in the Hebrew, it actually literally means a mother bird hovering over her young. Okay, that's, that's the kind of connotation that word has. You see, the opening scene of the Bible doesn't have bloodshed, doesn't have a power struggle. The opening scene of the Bible is a mother caring for her young. And I think immediately we begin to see a picture of who God is. Often we think of God in the Old Testament as this angry, vengeful God, uh, you know, who punishes his people. And yet the way he chooses to open his own story is to describe himself as a mother bird hovering over her young. You see, the God of the Bible doesn't struggle with the forces of chaos. He hovers over it with care and concern. And not only does he hover over it, in verse 3, he speaks into it and begins to turn it into something beautiful. Notice what happens. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now here's where the tension arises, and we'll get deeper into this when we look at Genesis chapter 3. But essentially, whereas God is always turning chaos into beauty, human beings we have this tendency to constantly turn beauty into chaos. To take the good gifts God gives us and then we start worshiping them as gods themselves and all of a sudden we see a complete unraveling of creation, a complete unraveling of our own lives. And what we'll see in Genesis 3 is the fall of mankind and the entrance of sin into the world, which basically unleashes a new, more devastating kind of chaos into the, into the world. And that's when we begin to see famine, sickness, death, war. And in some sense, COVID-19 is kind of the unraveling of Genesis 1 and 2. And in the same way that at times, it almost feels like this pandemic seems to be getting worse by the day. If you read from Genesis 3 onward, that's kind of what the Bible feels like. That sometimes it feels like it's just going from bad to worse. And I think oftentimes we think about our own lives, we look at the world that we live in, and we think to ourselves, we're never going back to Genesis 1. We're doomed to live in this chaos forever. But here's the thing. Generations upon generations after Genesis 1 was written, you have the Gospel of John in the New Testament opening with these words. And these words would have sent a chill down the spine of any of its early readers. And it opens with these words, In the beginning. There is an unmistakable reference to creation there. And it's as though God is saying to a people in turmoil, Let's zoom out. And I want you to remember who I am and what I do. And this is what it says. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
And if we jump down to verse 9, it says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And then verse 14, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. In other words, God is saying, I'm not the kind of God who just leaves things in darkness. I'm always bringing light into it. But you guys messed it up so bad this time. At this time, when I come into the world, I'm not just going to hover over the darkness. I'm going to come into it. And not only will I come into it, Jesus Christ, the very Word of God, who was there at the very beginning of the story, through whom all things were created, takes on human flesh and then takes the chaos and darkness of all of humanity and places it upon his own shoulders on the cross. And in Luke 23, we read that as the Son of Man hung there, darkness came over all the land as the sun's light failed. But we know what happens because three days later, Jesus rose again. And he inaugurated a new kingdom and a new world that the darkness could now never overcome. Now, why is this great news for us? Because the one who at the beginning of the story created all things out of chaos, the one who in the middle of the story recreated all things in the midst of chaos, and the one who at the end of the story will return to restore all things from their chaos is the one who meets us in our chaos now. Like a mother bird hovering over her young, God hovers over our chaos now. God is hovering over our loved ones who are sick. God is hovering over those of us who've lost our jobs and our businesses. God is hovering over the many dedicated healthcare workers on the front lines, risking their lives every day. God is hovering over all of it. And not only is God hovering over all of it, God from the very beginning has been in the business of turning chaos into beauty. So friends, that's our hope today, that the creator of the universe the only one who existed at the very beginning is the same God who is with us now in our present moment. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are humbled by who you are and we're reminded today that all things live and move and have their being in you. We thank you that you are a God who creates beautiful masterpieces out of broken vessels like us. So we entrust our lives and our church and our city into your loving care. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.